0: so who stood out who looks good that's the question everybody's always got whenever there's an off season workout of any kind whether it's something as light as otas or something is yeah i mean at least somewhat meaningful like minicamp who stood out i've got one name for you and boy does it matter Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way every weekday morning if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer up daily shots of Penguins and Pirates. James Pierre is the name. Not everyone in the nation is even going to know who that is. Who are you talking about? James Pierre actually did get on the field. Late last season. Ahead of Justin Lane. James Pierre's is 24 years old. He's undrafted. He really shouldn't have been getting on the field. Ahead of Justin Lane. Whenever Steven Nelson was hurt. He really shouldn't be. Ahead. On the depth chart. Of Justin Lane. Now that Steven Nelson is gone. But he is. And he's earning it. He's earning it of the players who impressed me individually at minicamp. And I can casually toss out, you know, a bunch of names. And and by that, you know, I'm going to leave out the really obvious ones. You know, like, I thought Ben Roethlisberger looked good. <laughs> you know, I mean, do you want me to throw him in? Uh, Najee Harris looked impressive, you know. Th- these are the kind of obvious ones. But when you're getting to the the ones that were – a little bit off the beaten path some of them to be honest with you I just remember by numbers because you're so intent on watching what's happening out on the field that you're not cross-referencing everybody so you say I just okay I'm just gonna remember I'm gonna remember 80 I'm gonna remember 85 he's 85 was really good 85 just he was catching everything okay cool but James Pierre was the one that jumped out in some cases literally This is football in shorts in which they're engaging. So you're not seeing everything that an outside corner has to do. But you are seeing them go man-to-man. And you're seeing them go man-to-man with receivers who are pretty good at getting open and a Hall of Fame quarterback. And Pierre was able to track his routes Pierre was able to make plays on the football, and he looked confident and poised throughout the whole thing. He didn't look like uh, some gosh, wow, you know, I can't believe after all this time they didn't draft me and they thought I was done and uh, none of that. He just looks like he's the guy, and maybe he is. Maybe he is. I hope so because I can't say this Often enough, I don't believe for a second that Cam Sutton is going to be bouncing inside and outside. I think there's going to be circumstances in which he's used outside. Maybe there's a certain opponent, uh, someone the coaches feel he could match up with out there, and you'll see some semblance of a dual role. But as Joe Hayden said himself, uh, that's not easy. I mean, it's a different ball game on the inside. You know, those are little slot receivers. The route trees are totally different. It's a whole lot of different, just timing and stuff like that. But uh, with Cam Sutton, I mean, he's been one of the, he he just, that's what he does. You know, he's just a great inside and outside guy. That was a mini camp I'm completely with Joe on this. I, I respect that Cam wants to do both. I respect That in part, his reasoning for that is, you know, he increases his own value by being able to show that he can do both. But I don't believe for a second that it's what's best for the football team. The Keith Butler defense demands of its outside corners legit island coverage. That's exactly what it sounds like for those of you who don't know the football jargon. It's just you and that other dude you're covering on an island, and you'd better do your thing because you're not about to get help. If you do get help, it's probably going to be from Minka Fitzpatrick, and I don't want any more than you want, any more than Keith Butler wants, for Minka and his talents to be wasted by doubling up somebody deep downfield. Minka's infinitely more valuable if he's making his own independent reads and making plays on the football, making that Minka magic happen. The moment you see Minka start doubling guys downfield, especially if it's on the non-Hayden side, you'll know that this defense is about to have a very different look and a different feel to it, and I don't mean that in a positive way. So, The apparent rise of Pierre matters as much as anything that's happened this offseason. And again, to stress this part, late last regular season, because this part isn't new. Pierre was getting these reps ahead of Lane. Now, Lane can still come in and do his thing and win the job and whatever else here, but There's no question here. And if there was, Mike Tomlin did away with it in his pre-draft press conference when this subject came up, and he acknowledged that Pierre had outperformed Lane. And he didn't say it in any disappointed tone. He didn't say it as if, like, wow, we can't believe the undrafted guy is outperforming the drafted guy because they just don't think like that. If they did, they wouldn't have had Mike Hilton on the field ever or Ramon Foster, or any other number of guys who go undrafted. Happens all the time. You have to keep an open mind. The Steelers, to their credit, have done that with Pierre. I hope they let it play out like that. Keep going here. This defense is way, way, way better with an effective Pierre on the outside and Sutton doing what he does best on the inside. This will be a dangerous secondary. Not a deep one, but a dangerous one if they stay healthy. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question, and that's always brought to you on this program by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg. Gardner, Kelly, and George. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need assistance with workers' comp, who filed medical malpractice claims. LGKG is how the law firm goes by. They've been AV rated, which is the highest rating a law firm can receive for legal ability and ethics. In the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City. Learn more about them at LGKG.com or by calling 888-842-5454. Today's question comes from Bob, and it's in response to yesterday's daily shot of Steelers that was about David DeCastro's apparently uncertain future. Bob says... It would be harsh, but couldn't the Steelers just cut DeCastro and use the cap savings to sign the younger Trey Turner? I suspect they would try to get DeCastro to retire so everyone could save face, but as the Ruthless say, it's not personal, it's just business. Well, to start off with a little bit of a correction here, Bob, the last thing DeCastro would want to do is to retire, whether it's to save face or anything else, because he'd give up everything. (laughs) Like, he's due $14 million. He's not just going to retire. There'd have to be something that's worked out. Could the Steelers cut him? Yes. They could cut him and they could apply the cap savings to Trey Turner, who probably to that third edge rusher they're looking for, probably toward that third safety that they're looking for. And you would think that that would make them a better team. Maybe. But maybe not. And that's where this gets a little squirrely because this offensive line has four positions right now that have been decreed by the head coach to be open. Left tackle, left guard, center, and right tackle. Now, we know who the participants are. We know who's most likely to win those jobs. But the fact that four of the five are open and that the one that isn't open is DeCastro's tells you how strongly they feel about not wanting him back, but needing him back. I keep saying this about Dave, but there's no doubt in my mind he was hurt, possibly significantly so, And chose, admirably, to play through it. A chest injury and a knee injury. And he just kept going. Was he at his best? No. Was he trying his best? I would certainly default into that mode. This team needs David DeCastro. I mean, I think that's the best way... To answer this, instead of worrying about or uh, trying to predict what'll happen with this and that and his cap hit, what needs to happen here first and foremost is the Steelers need to make every effort to keep him. Uh, For anybody who's wondering about the cap stuff, no, they would not get all $14 million uh, freed up. If they would, then they actually might entertain something like what you're describing here, Bob, but that's not the case. There's there's cap hit money, there's dead cap money. In in DeCastro's case, the dead cap money is $5 million. So you're not getting this abundance of, wow, we can just go out and sign everybody kind of deals here. Uh, if that were the case, DeCastro might already be gone. Uh, the Steelers have pushed out players of a much, much higher pedigree and stature than DeCastro over the years. They've found ways to do that. I mean, they found a way to do it with Troy Polamalu for crying out loud. They can do it with Dave. But I don't think that's how this is going to play out. If I were betting on this, and I don't bet on sports, if I were, I would still bet on DeCastro being in La Trobe and being ready to participate, possibly with a restructure or extension, either one of which would, in fact, free up some money regardless. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening. The Daily Shot of Steelers. We'll do another one of these tomorrow.